Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. I used to think time was my enemy My future wasn't looking good So worried about the things I couldn't see I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day Finally made a friend of time Now you could say that I'm Aging gratefully Live from the rolling hills of the beautiful Tennessee Valley at the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains, across this amazing nation and spanning the universe, you're listening to Aging Gratefully. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly, bringing you exceptional guests and novel information to ensure you live full, age dynamically, and embrace each extraordinary day for the incredible gift it is. Welcome, everyone, to the Aging Gratefully Show. We're here every Friday on the CTR Network at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, Thank you so much for listening to the show March 10th, 2017, live listeners, and those who will be catching the show later by podcast, I appreciate every one of you. You're wonderful, amazing, and you warm my heart. So you are listening and growing from everywhere across the globe, and I'm just so delighted to have you join me every week. I don't take it for granted, and when I started this show, I promised you that I would show up every week to remind you two things. Age is just a number, and what else? You can say it with me out loud, wherever you are. I don't care. Never act your age. So I'm loving this journey with you, and we know that life is not a dress rehearsal, but it it may have many acts to it, and that you can change along the way and rewrite your character. So life is a gift, uh, but how we live it, that's up to us. And don't go through the motions Uh, But seize those life moments, and we want to inspire every one of you to love the life you're in, to age great and full in the spirit of gratitude. So I'm happy 
and delighted to share in this magnificent journey with you each week. And uh, as we age together, this omnipresent aspect of our lives, despite our differences, this is the one thing that we do share. And you encourage me to age gratefully, for sure, uh, as we grow in this show together. And uh, very close to reaching uh, six numbers to the left of the decimal point. Honestly, I'm going to tell you, I, w- I would have been happy with ten listeners. Uh, but to be creeping up on that number... Oh my goodness. Um, I'm just so excited. Uh, you guys really are embracing the spirit of the show and know that, um, my goodness, that warms my heart. And I want to also say thank you for promoting the shows lately. Uh, I've been sending books out because a lucky listener can win one of my books, Sunrises and Sunsets Final Affairs Forged with Flair, Finesse and Functionality, just for tweeting or posting about the show on Facebook or Twitter. And you guys are really on board with that. So it's been delightful reading your excitement and anticipation for the show topics. And this show, absolutely no different. And uh, I choose each guest, each awesome guest with you in mind. So uh, just like today's returning guest, uh, no different. And um, so, you know, part of my professional platform as a gerontologist is to encourage more of you to plan. LLPI's model, motto, uh, that's the Ladder Life Planning Institute, our motto is to live vibrantly, plan thoughtfully, and age dynamically. And so, well, if you have my book, hopefully you'll do that. And so I love shipping them to you. But also part of my goals this year was to increase my professional outreach and serve more of you through my workshops. So I want you to know we're coming to Florida. That's our next stop. And I'm bringing my final affairs forged for bucket list living workshops there in April and we'll even be broadcasting the show live from the beautiful Kennedy Space Center Space Coast there that week. And so those listening in Florida may want to attend my life-elevating and soul-enriching workshops. You can visit my website, Ladder Life Planning Institute, to learn more or register to attend those workshops. So it's very much planning for the end, but inspiring your new beginning. I promise you it's fun, uh, but you will get your advanced care planning done. And that's what it's all about. So uh, be sure to uh, subscribe to the show through iTunes. If you think you might miss one, you'll never miss one that way. And um, also be sure to tune in next week for our never before loyal listener lottery show. I'm bringing listeners into the studio to share their aging gratefully journey. Tell us about their life, living, what they've learned along the way, their work. And they even get to ask me some questions. So um I've just picked random listeners that just really seem to embrace the show. Don't miss that. That'll be fun. We've never done that before. So I think that wraps up our general show announcements. Let's get to show traditions, our alphabet soup for the psyche, always tied to our guest. I really liked this. This Think about it. It's really deep. Here we go. Quote, the eyes have one language everywhere. Romanian proverb. It's pretty neat. And they do, really. Show dedication to preservation. It's a verb. Preserve, preserving, to keep alive or in existence, make lasting, to keep safe from harm or injury, protect or spare, to keep up, maintain, to keep possession of, and to retain. I'm giving you some really good hints today. I don't know if you can figure it out, but all right. Our final tradition here this day in history, March 10th. In 1847, the first money was minted in Hawaii. 1862, U.S. issues first paper money, the 5, the 10, the 20, the 100, the 500, and the $1,000 bill. I would like like plenty of the $1,000 bill laying around. 
1864, Ulysses Grant is named commander of the Union armies. 1876, the very first telephone call was made from Alexander Graham Bell to Thomas Watson. And in 1902, a United States Court of Appeals rules that Thomas Edison did not invent the movie camera. So now I'm curious. I, I, please somebody tweet to our guest today uh, and me. Please tweet to us who did invent the movie camera. Now we want to know. Could somebody solve that mystery? Who invented the movie camera? Because apparently it wasn't Thomas Edison. 1933, Nevada becomes the first U.S. state to regulate narcotics. And in 1938, 10th Academy Awards, The Life of Emily Zola, Spencer Tracy, and Louis Rainier win that. And in 1948, first civilian to exceed speed of sound, Herb H. Hoover, Edwards Air Force Base in California. 1951, FBI D- Director J. Edward Edgar Hoover, different Hoover, uh, declines post of baseball commissioner. In 1956, Peter Twist sets new world air record. 1,132 miles per hour. 1964, oh, I grew up on this song. Simon and Garfunkel record the first version of The Sound of Silence at Columbia Studios in New York City. 1966, five-time horse of the year. Kelso retires. You guys know I'm a lifelong horse enthusiast. Love my horses. Um, This next one for our guest. 1975, dog spectacles patented in England. And in 1978, The Incredible Hulk, starring Bill Bixby as David Banner, premieres on CBS. I did enjoy that show. And in 1994, American Comedy Award, When Harry Met Sally, ending on 2006, The Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter Arrives at Mars. So, what do I have for you today? Scott Chapter, OD, founded the private practice Advanced Eye Care, and the eyewear gallery optometry in Pismo Beach, California, where he specializes in contact lens and dry eye treatment and diagnosis. Dr. Schachter graduated from the Southern California College of Optometry. He currently serves as administrator, California Central Coast area for Vision Source, where he led this Vision Source region from its inception to having 28 thriving practices. Dr. Schachter is an adjunct clinical professor at Marshall B. Ketchum University in Fullerton, California, has presented scientific posters and published articles in peer-reviewed scientific journals, such as Optometry and Vision Science Journal, and has authored numerous articles in vision trade publications, and Bausch and Lomb, contact lens expert and core speaker and key opinion leader for allergen. Dr. Schachter speaks widely across the United States. Yes, he does. And welcome to the show, Dr. Schachter. So glad you're a returning guest. Well, thank you for having me back, Holly. That's a, I just want to say that um, your whole introduction to your show is very inspiring. You got me going. Sign me up for Florida. I'll be there. I got to go listen to you, to you speak and do your workshop. But all, all, all around, a very um, inspiring message uh, about the way to approach life and look at life and its different phases, et cetera, and, and don't act your age. I think that's a great message. Oh, you're awesome. Um, we have so much fun, and we do inspire each other. And um, I think that uh, it's so important that professionally that we do that. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm really excited that you're here. And I have to ask you, you know, watched you last uh, couple weeks in your professional journey, and it was like, you know, gratitude, how did I get here? You have been selected as one of the top 250 um, innovative um 
ODs, and that's Doctor of Optometry, um, worldwide. How did you get there? <laughs> well, um, good question. That's a great question. You know, I really think um, it, it's what started that all for me was my, my passion about addressing dry eye disease and the one thing led to another. You know, when you find something you're really interested in and you put in the work and the time and then the next thing you know, there you are. Uh, so it's, it's just a matter of finding your interest and pursuing it. And then it's not even, as you know, it's not even working. It's just, uh, speaking from the heart and, you know, patient care from the heart and teaching other doctors, et cetera. So it's, it really is a great honor. It's just sort of my, it wasn't something I thought, I'll tell you that, but it just sort of led me to that mm-hmm. based on what I was doing. Yeah, I think I tweeted to you, follow your dreams, life finds you. And you're the perfect example of that. And um, you <laughs> you do love your work. Yeah, I do. I really do. It's You know, I've had a, a pretty long career and um, I'm doing a little bit less patient care and a little more traveling and, and speaking and trying to inspire other uh, doctors to address ocular surface disease, dry disease, and and uh, I enjoy all of it now. It's great. Mm-hmm. Well, creds, um, fun following your journey. Love it. And uh, you're reaching so many other professionals and uh, allowing them to benefit so much uh, from your experience. And so that's awesome. So here we are. I've, I've got this show, Sensible Summertime Sight Saver Solutions, because I love alliteration. I know. Um, with, okay, more S's, Dr. Scott Schachter. Okay, that's totally a tongue twister. Sensible summertime sight saver solutions with Dr. Scott Schachter. All right, I'm such a dork. But anyway. <laughs> um, so we're headed into spring break and summer. I wanted to bring you back because your show was so popular before. And I thought, oh my goodness, we use our eyes for everything. And, uh, you know, so much in life de- depends on vision. And uh, I just wanted to, like, hit the gate running and say, okay, what are some of the, we're, we're headed into, you know, we're coming out again uh, into the greatest times of the year where we actually aren't, you know, huddled up and staying warm inside. What are some of the harshest elements on our eyes that we can um, maybe consider? Right. Yeah, that's that's a, a great. And when you talk about using your eyes for everything, I'll tell you, may, may or may not know, we had some pretty good storms come through here a couple of weeks ago. And uh, my own home went with no water, no power, no uh, heat for four consecutive days. And, and getting up at night and trying to walk around without any light, it's, uh, in a sense, eye-opening People without vision experience, uh, it's really, uh, you really get a sense of how much you depend on your vision. And sometimes I think we take it for granted. So uh, protecting your eyes, right. So you're coming outdoors, the weather's changed, it's getting nicer, and and you want to get out into the sun, um, and you've got springtime. So there's a lot of things. Uh, The sun and the wind, really, primary things that you're going to experience in the spring. So we can start with the sun. Obviously, if we go from front to back, um, we're talking about the eyelids and the skin around the eyelids and the face, etc. cetera. Uh, certainly, these are, the sun really is responsible in large part for long-term photochemical damage uh, to the eye and to the, to the skin around the eye. So you want to protect that as much as you can. You can get premature aging, wrinkling, uh, skin cancers. A lot of people later in life will end up with 
uh, little basal cell carcinomas and then, or, or worse, squamous cell or even worse, melanoma. And so protecting uh, that part of your, uh, around your eyes is very important, in addition to the rest of you, of course, but I think a lot of times the, uh, the eyes get overlooked um, and the skin around the eyes. So that, that matters. And as you move further back, you hit the cornea, the front of the eye, and, you know, things like uh, keratitis. So if you, if you go out and you spend the day, and this can happen in the winter too, skiing without sunglasses on or uh, being at the beach all day without wearing any sun protection, you can actually harm the front of the eye uh, so much that you can burn it. And that's not typically a permanent problem, but it can be very painful and uh, adversely affect your sight for some period of time. So wow. uh, you want to worry about that, too. We move further back into the eye to the lens inside the eye, which is right behind the pupil. That's what we focus with, and that's where cataracts occur. So that's a big sun absorber right there, uh, that lens in your eye, which is good because it gives you some protection on the retina further back, but at the same time, by absorbing all that sun, it can lead to premature cataracts, uh, which uh, aren't the end of the world, uh, but certainly you don't want to get one earlier than you have to. And then moving further back of, of most concern onto the retina, we worry about macular degeneration. And that's something that, when I talk about long-term damage to the eye, that's something that can start at a very early age. So these are things that are you're up against when you're, when you're uh, worrying about the sun. Second would be the wind. And... A couple things. They're, they're thankfully not as, um, as concerning as the sun, but, uh, allergy is a big one. And you, and in our practice, we see an awful lot of people coming in with itchy, watery eyes once, uh, the, the sun comes out and the wind starts blowing. So there are some things that you can do for that. And if you know that you are going to experience allergies every spring, uh, there are, uh, drops that you can take, but you want to take them about two weeks prior to when you think you might have a problem. Hmm. Part okay. of these drops are an antihistamine, which work immediately. The other part is something called a mast cell stabilizer, and those uh, take about a week to work. Um, so if you can get started early, you can really cut it off in the past and then maybe go through spring without these problems. And some are over-the-counter, and some are prescription drops, uh, but you can check with your doctor to see what might be best for you. Um, the other concern with the wind would be, of course, dryness. And... Uh, when you get, every time you blink, you form this layer of tears on your eye. You've got an oily layer, then a watery layer, and then a, what's called a mucin layer, kind of a slimy layer that coats your eye. And if any part of that is inadequate, uh, your tear film can get broken up faster than you want it to by the wind. That's something called desiccating stress or drying out of your eye. If the tear film breaks up before you blink, that can cause damage to the surface of the eye. We, you get something that we call corneal staining or essentially dead cells in the front of the eye. Uh, so uh, there are things that you can do to prevent or help with all of this. Okay. Wow. So let me ask you this. How much sun, uh, we're going to be out in the sun, how much sun is too much sun? Is there is there a way to know? Well, um, in terms of, you want to get as little as possible, right? And I, I caught somebody on Twitter just yesterday, Holly, who's, who was a dermatologist to his, his uh, description of himself underneath his, his name was professionally pale. And, you know, none of us <laughs> necessarily want to be pale all the time, but, but truly the dermatologists and the plastic surgeons will tell you, uh, you really want to avoid the sun. I and, think I read so one time, where, 
We get too much sun literally going to and from our car if by perhaps some dermatologists' is, um, per- professional opinion. Well, they recommend really sunscreens every day, mm-hmm. not necessarily having even going to the beach, just every day if the sun Correct. is out you want to get some sunscreen on. Um, and uh, I, I think the same goes for your eyes. You really don't want to, you want to protect them as much as you can from the sun. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's great to see all the colors and everything on a sunny day, but you really want to get some sunglasses on or get a hat on. And, um, and we can kind of run through, you know, just the, what I talked about, the lids and the skin. There are great uh, sunscreens um, that you can get that you can put on every day. Uh, in regards to the inflammation on the front of the eye, what I talked about, uh, the keratitis, primarily this is going to come down to sunglasses and, and a hat. That would be ideal. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to protect your eyes that way. Um, I think that that would really be best. With with the dry eye situation I talked about, a lot of times what you can do is um, artificial tears. If you put in an artificial tear prior to heading out into a windy situation, for example, that will extend the life of your tear film for some period of time. And you want to use those very proactively, probably about four a day if you know you have problems. Uh, not if you're going to go more than four per day, you want to get the non-preserved uh, type that come in throwaway vials versus the bottle because of the preservatives that more than four a day, that can cause problems. But there are solutions really for all these things. Uh, but to answer your question again, I think you want to just, you, you don't ever want to you know lay back and stare at the sun like people used to do in the 60s or 70s. And you know, I still see those patients come into my practice and you see a nice burn. Uh, on the retina, and unfortunately, they lose some central sight that way. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think that um, this is wonderful information. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, I was hoping you could share with us some of the best eye protection and what we need to know when we're actually buying eyewear, uh, from supermarket eyewear to expensive and even just basic important features. We'll be back right after this, I have... Well, the wonderful Dr. Scott Schachter with me today, sharing his wisdom. We'll be back right after this. Sunrises and sunsets. Final Affairs Forged with Flair, Finesse, and Functionality is a delightful book for every adult of any age and any stage. This multi-award winning book written by gerontologist Holly Kelly is a soul-soothing journey and novel approach to completing your personal affairs and advanced care planning. Readers are calling it transformative, life-changing, and fun. Prepare lovingly, plan thoughtfully, live dynamically. Available on Amazon and most bookstores. Author autographed copies are available at sunrisesandsunsetsbook.com where you can subscribe, register for a workshop, and more. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Aging Gratefully, and this is wonderful, sensible, summertime sight saver solutions with Dr. Scott Schachter. I just like saying that. And uh, I was wondering if you could share with us, Scott, um, 
how do we purchase eyewear if we haven't uh, gone to someone like you to actually hold our hand and walk us through the process? Um, we're in the store. What, what are we looking for? You're talking about non-prescription sunglasses? Yes. We'll do that first. Right. So, mm-hmm. well, okay, very good. And and we've all heard it before. You get what you pay for, truly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a $3 pair of sunglasses on a rack. What the concerns are primarily, there's really two concerns. One of them would be, does this pair of glasses have ultraviolet protection? That would be number one. Uh, what, what can happen, ultraviolet protection is clear, a clear coating on a pair of glasses. You've got tint to cut down the glare or the, the, the intensity of the, the, uh, the light outside, and then you've got ultraviolet protection. What the tint will do will cause your pupil to get bigger by making it darker. When you make your pupil bigger, if you have a pair of glasses that doesn't have ultraviolet protection, you're actually allowing more harmful light into your eye. Um, the other aspect of that would be the optics, and that would just be more about how clearly you want to see. And I should mention one more. There's polarized and there's non-polarized. So when you're looking for a pair of glasses, if you are going to be around water uh, or a lot of glare, I personally love polarized lenses. I think that's just the best way to make your eyes feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I can recall to Florida walking on the pool deck early in the morning after a red-eye flight, and I had on some non-polarized sunglasses, and my eyes just kept watering and watering. I put on a pair of polarized, and instantly my eyes could just relax. And so mm-hmm. what that does is it cuts down glare. It only allows parallel light to enter to your eye. So if you look at the difference, people who fish, for example, like polarized, because instead of just muting the overall intensity of the sun, you can actually see through the glare on water into the water, and they can actually spot fish that way. So it's, it's just excellent at reducing glare. But you, I, I think the best way for you to do that or to know is really look for brand name eyewear. Um, mm-hmm. You're looking for something uh, like Ray-Ban or Maui Gym, and, and they don't all have to be extremely expensive, and you can certainly find these things on sale. Uh, but I think you want to avoid the real cheap fashion supermarket sunglasses if you can. I think they just have potential to be more harmful than helpful. Mm-hmm. I definitely do like um, polarized. That's what I wear. And it makes all the difference in the world, even just yeah, for driving. Them, it's very difficult to go without it. That's very true. Yes. It uh, changes the way the world <laughs> looks, for sure. And uh, even in different uh, weather conditions, it changes what you see, you know? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, you can go, there's a couple different tints you can typically do, grays and browns. Gray is the one that does not distort the color spectrum, um, and brown will distort the color spectrum. A lot of it's just personal preference. Mm-hmm. There's not really one, a health advantage to one or the other, but some people just like to look through rose-colored or, or brown or gray, et cetera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, they do like to look through rose color, don't they? Glasses, right. glasses or no glasses. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay. So I've been wearing glasses my whole life because I'm light sensitive, uh, particularly for having brown colored eyes. And so I honestly can't be out in the sun. My eyes close. I can't do it. I don't know if I have just developed an intolerance to it because <laughs> I've always taken, you know, such good care of that. 
but I, I can't be out in the sun without them. So it's not an option for me. Um, yeah, I think it becomes more and more so. And my kids all have, have been swimmers their entire life. And they, you know, seemingly kids can walk around the pool deck without any, and they shouldn't, they do. But the grownups and, and myself included, I, I can't handle glare like that. Some of it can be made worse by dry eyes. Some of it can be made worse if you're wearing contact lenses or have some sort of irritation on your eye. Uh, it can be more bothersome. Well, let's but, talk. Right, I'm with you. It doesn't really matter the weather. So even on cloudy days, I like to wear my sunglasses when I'm outside. Oh, me too. Uh, so you talked about kids. Let's talk about how um, early should adults begin prompting children to wear sunglasses. I started mine early. Um, I have one on board, and I have one that uh, is a rebel. So um, let's <laughs> talk about this. <laughs> well, the earlier the better, and I recognize that's a challenge. You can't always get kids to do that. Um, they're not going to like wearing glasses necessarily uh, but the earlier the better and so things that you can do from a very early age is uh, just get some kind of a hat protecting your eyes and hat, you know I, I can recall walking around Disneyland plenty of times where you see this, this child in a stroller <laughs> everyone has sunglasses on and this poor little baby just exposed completely squinting into the sun so you want to you want to try to make every attempt to get them in shade get something keeping the sun out of their eyes uh, as early as you possibly can. And I wouldn't um, make it a, you know, it'd be a choose-your-battle sort of thing, but typically there's going to be something, a hat or sunglasses or be in the shade, some way to find uh, a way to protect them from the sun. Because these, these, like I said, when I talk about long-term photochemical damage to the eye turning into macular degeneration, it's sort of like how a bad sunburn in your early years can lead to skin cancers in your later years. Mm -hmm. So you want to try to protect yourself as early as possible. Very true. And we're talking about kids and uh, people of all ages. Let's talk sports and activities that we engage in, uh, different sports, of course, uh, this time of year. How is that going to, what's that going to bring to us uh, regarding our sight vision for some time in springtime? Right for uh, for swimming, for example, I know we were talking about that. Um, if you're if you're recreationally swimming or competitively swimming, goggles are great if you can get kids or anybody to wear them. Uh, but goggles are great, and they can come tinted as well. The things we worry about with swimming in the in the swimming pool, we worry more about chlorine than we do infections. Although we do worry about bacteria in a pool. Mm-hmm. In the ocean, we worry much more about bacteria. Than, than anything else. And so for contact lens wearers, one-day disposable contact lenses are absolutely the best way to go. Something that you put in, you go do what you're going to do, and then you throw it away. Mm-hmm. So you have a contact lens that potentially can absorb chlorine or bacteria. And, you know, they've become so affordable, I think they're probably less than a dollar a day now to do something like that. So those are options. Some actually have ultraviolet protection built into them. So one day disposable contacts. If you wear some other modality, monthly, et cetera, uh, normally, if you are going to go do that sort of activity, then that's great. So there, there are a lot of options. You've got contact lenses now in the one day version. And when you saw my my activities last week, we were, I was just speaking on behalf of Bausch and Lomb about a new one day contact lens that corrects for astigmatism. So they have a one-day lens for astigmatism, a one-day lens for bifocal wearers, 
and a one-day lens for just regular nearsightedness and farsightedness. So almost anybody can wear that one-day modality, and I think that's just a, a great way to go for for out for activities. Okay, other than the fact that it takes me an entire day to get them in and get them back <laughs> out. Right. You need a personal you need a personal assistant to put in your contacts. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. I told you you need to develop the the plunger tool. <laughs> you have got to go back and sit down and I don't know how long your nails are, but then you might have to shorten them a little they're, bit. They're, and, they're not uh, they're not too bad. <laughs> oh, but it's just you can you can uh typically Rarely do I have a patient in my practice that just can't do it. Um, There's, there must be others like me. I, I know I'm a Chrissy crisis about it, but there must be others like me because other people wear glasses. Is that by choice, or is it because they didn't pass the the contact lens? Well, class? It's, it's usually it's usually not because of uh, putting them in and taking them out. It's usually because of comfort issues or just convenience. They just don't want to mess with any of it. They just want to wear glasses. They don't care. Um, so we always like to present contact lenses as an option. We, we let people know, here's all the things you can do. You can wear glasses, you can wear contacts, you can have surgery. Um, lots of different ways to see. So uh, some people just don't feel like glasses are a hindrance, but um, uh, oftentimes when you get people into a pair of contacts, the first thing they do is they want to get a pair of non-prescription sunglasses, and that's their favorite thing to say. I can finally get some non-prescription sunglasses. Yes, very true. So I'm yes. excited, excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but I'll, next time I'm in Alabama, I'll, I'll swing by and spend some time to show you how to do it. Oh, please do, because I, <laughs> I'm so challenged. When I get them in, I want them in for like months because, uh, it's like, oh my goodness, now I have to get this thing out. Oh, it's, it's, well, it's traumatic. They do make traumatic. A, a lens you can, uh, that's FDA approved for a month at a time. That doesn't mean everyone can do that. Doesn't mean everyone is safe to do that, but they do make those lenses and they're not really made with the idea that it's hard to put them in and take them out, Holly, but they do have uh, lenses that you're talking about. Well, you remember what happened after our last show and, you know, of course I had to blame you. So right. um, I'll tell our listeners, I, uh, we did our last show and then literally I got in the car right afterwards at a 12 hour trip to Florida and I arrived in Florida, uh, there's family there, and I looked at my eye, and I had a what? What was that called? My eye was uh, r- red. What's that called in your did world? Did you have a, a... It was a... It oh, was, uh, it was horrible. Okay, well... Right? Uh, yes, right. so I look like I was on the set for The Walking Dead, but I didn't need whatever they do <laughs> to the zombies. So that's that's, <laughs> right. that's what it looked like. I, I didn't need makeup in my eye. Um, and I was like horrified. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, I've never had an eye problem. I do an eye show and now I look like this. What the heck happened? And so anyway, I, the only place open was a place that sold glasses. Well, thank goodness there, um, was a doctor of optometry there. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what happened to my eye? Am I going blind? What on earth? What is this? And, you know, of course he was like, no, you know, did you sneeze? I'm like, no, I didn't sneeze. You know, so then I sent you an email. I'm like, oh my goodness, how did this happen? You're like, it's all good. <laughs> You're okay. Yeah, they often are frightening those hemorrhages, but they're not sight threatening, thankfully. Yes, they're not. They're not attractive. 
at all <laughs> to look no. at. So I couldn't do your job. No. So that's what I want to ask you is, is it hard working on the eye? Because, uh, well, first of all, somebody looks at your knee, you hand them your knee or, you know, your hand, but is it hard working in an area that people are less forthcoming to make? I mean, it's hard to do this in this area. Of your body. Well, some people don't like their eyes messed with. That's yes. true. For the most part, um, I mean, from my perspective, I mean, I've been doing this long enough that, you know, we put drops in, we put something called punctal plugs in, we remove pieces of metal from the eye. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that you can do around the eye, but, um, you know, I think uh, typically, no. I mean, I think typically people do pretty well. You know, there are some that are just going to really have a hard time with it, but, uh We've got numbing drops to help us do certain things and uh, just being efficient and getting experience. I think, if anything, if you do it with time, it doesn't bother you. Mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's For the most part, I think people do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Some. Holly Kelly. Holly Kelly. <laughs> right. Okay, so um, let's talk about dry eye disease because you focus on this a lot, and this is huge. Uh, the last show, the statistics were staggering. Really, I was very surprised. And this is a big portion of your career emphasis. I think it's worth discussing because what I found interesting about what you shared and what you continue to enlighten uh, people about is that most people that perhaps may have dry disease are not aware of the fact that they have it. That's true. Oftentimes symptoms uh, and signs don't match. Uh, we do find plenty of patients who sort of mistake dry disease for something else. One of the biggest symptoms of dry eye is fluctuating vision, and and a lot of people don't really uh, associate that with dry disease. And what we're seeing in general, and I have a I have a an article coming out this month in a trade journal about younger kids and having something called meibomian gland uh, atrophy, where we see the glands, the oil glands of the eyelid being harmed perhaps by not blinking enough, and that's coming from staring at devices, which we all do, staring at phones, staring at computers, staring at tablets. Gaming, kids Um, game a lot. Gaming, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is blink rates go way down and blink blink quality goes down, meaning that blinks are not as forceful, so these glands are not being, uh, the oil is not being pumped out like it should be and the oil stagnates or the oil glands work in overdrive and they kind of burn themselves out. And, um, you know, that's a, a passion of mine because I've got kids of that age and I'm seeing, as I'm looking for it, I'm seeing an awful lot more uh, where I'm seeing glands of the eyelid in, in 20-year-olds who look like they're 70 years old. So we're really trying to educate these uh, this population in terms of you need to take breaks from your devices, you need to blink more, uh, and we give them blink exercises, and they don't really like the term exercises so much because it's got such a negative sort of uh, connotation to it to me, but you kind of squeeze your eyes tight uh, for about 10, 10 seconds, about four times a day, and that will stimulate that oil to keep moving, and that seems to help. So it's really about uh, educating and intervening, and I can't tell you how many times I've got patients who they've been treated for dry eye for years in my practice and then they retire and they come back in and say, you know what, my eyes aren't bothering me anymore. They they get away from sitting in front of a computer 
and we're able to actually stop therapy for a lot of these patients because I, I just think the computer time at work is a big culprit uh, for, for eyes being uncomfortable. I think mm-hmm. it's a big deal. Yes, and we talked about it in the last show about how it does have its advantages where we can increase the size of something and make it larger to make it more visually uh, adaptable for our needs, and yet we are so much in front of the screen all of the time that there is that strain. I've been doing my blink exercises um, because you talked about it in the last show, and every once in a while I'm like, (laughs) okay, I I need to do this. Um, So I don't know if it's meant for me. I'm not a teenager, but um, I think it's good for everybody. You do recommend that everybody do it, right? It's just good. Well, keeping that, if, if 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 we're seeing signs of gland atrophy, and that's something I try to encourage all doctors to do is look, at the glance of the eyelid because that's not something you normally do in a comprehensive routine eye examination. You don't normally look at those. And because the prevalence of this disease is so high, that's my message to other doctors is that I think we should all be taking a look. I think we owe it to our patients. We have a very prevalent condition with a lot of adverse outcomes to it that we can treat and intervene and help. And so I think it takes just a few seconds to look at these glands and uh, we can educate our patients uh, because I think, again, I think you're looking at potential epidemic of this sort of thing as device use increases more and more. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are going to uh, take a break, and when we come back, I have the most incredible question for you, and that is, I want you to think about it, if you had a magic wand and you could do one thing in your field, what would you make it do? You're listening to Aging Gratefully. We'll be back right after this. The Ladder Life Planning Institute is the ultimate guidance for life's inevitable destiny and your path to passionate aging and inspirational advanced care planning. LLPI offers tools that educate, inspire, and enlighten. Live vibrantly, plan thoughtfully, age dynamically. Visit LLPI for business and individual consulting services. Professional and keynote speaking, books, workshops, education, webinars, and resources. LLPI is here to transform your ladder life living today. Visit them at ladderlifeplanninginstitute.com. Live extraordinary, age dynamically. Visit ladderlifeplanninginstitute.com. Thank you for listening, and I have in the studio Dr. Scott Schachter. Please visit him at visionsource-advancedeye.com. Go see him there. You won't be disappointed. Learn all about him, and you can find him on Twitter, Pismo IDoc, at Pismo IDoc. That's right. Right, Scott? That's right. Okay, I didn't have it written down. I have it in my head. So your magic, (laughs) 
there you are in your robe. It's all sparkly and it has stars all over it and you have a wand in your hand. What do you do with it? Well, there's there's a lot of things. Just you know, we talked about macular degeneration today briefly, and and I and some amazing things have happened in the last few years where sight can be restored in some patients. There's a lot of research going on there. It requires sometimes injections in the eye, but it's really improving quality of life. Artificial eye is on the horizon for people who have retinal damage. Uh, but I think really the holy grail to me in eye care, if I could do something, and there's money being poured into this. Trust me. But w- what happens is, if you could if you could replace the lens inside the eye, usually the reason people who can see clearly far away and then suddenly in their forties they can't read anymore is that lens loses its focusing ability. Mm-hmm. So if we could extend the life of that lens or replace that lens with another lens that was flexible and could focus uh, for an entire lifetime, that would really be the holy grail of eye care. You could have people who could be free from any need for vision correction at all. They could see far, in between, they could see near. So replacing that lens with something that would allow us to focus at all distances, I think that would be the thing. That would be the ultimate. That would be the ultimate because it's almost like readers come at you overnight. Like one day you're good and, <laughs> and then the next day you're like, wait, is this paper blurry or what? Um, <laughs> so that's great. I love that. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that lens gets hard, right? It, it hardens. It becomes That's less flexible. Right. So mm-hmm. it becomes more. It becomes more marble-like with time. When you're younger, it has it has this flexibility to it. And believe it or not, that that ability to focus starts decreasing at about the age of 12 and becomes noticeable in your 40s. So you can see that's a very it need that's something that could evolve, perhaps. For us and become a little bit better but uh correct that's what happens the lens hardens no matter what you do to try to strengthen the muscles etc around there that that focus uh, you really can't overcome that condition called presbyopia there are surgical options now uh you can have lasik to correct both eyes for distance and then you can have um uh in a little inlay uh put in the cornea to allow you to see far and near but all these are compromises to some degree uh, but people now can do that. They can put bifocals in their eyes after cataract surgery, uh, and they can be free from their glasses uh, a lot of the day. Um, but it's not perfect. It's not perfect yet. It's getting there someday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your passions in your field of education and vision research? I know dry eye is one of them, but um, what else just gets you really excited professionally? Well, I guess you'd really call it ocular surface disease. Uh, which is everything on the front of the eye, from the lashes mm-hmm. where we get um, overgrowth of mites and we get blepharitis and inflammation and redness and irritation. My passion is optimizing the surface of the eye. And mm-hmm. you think of an eye that ha- is ha- well hydrated, has a very smooth tear foam, is uh, is not red, it's free from irritation, allergy, inflammation. It's very clear looking. And so really in my practice, that's what we try to do is optimize the surface of the eye, optimize vision. Rather than rehabilitate, we would rather optimize. Be very proactive in diagnosing conditions early, treating them early, and you can have a lifetime of clear vision, hopefully. That's what we're really after. That's my passion. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about optimizing through diet. Uh, Summertime just gives us so many choices um, in that area. Right, right. So, 
you know, clearly, uh, you know, in general, the eye is a peripheral organ, and you very simply and, and perhaps boringly, you just want to take great care of yourself. You want to keep your cholesterol good, your ratios good. You want to keep your blood pressure in line. You want your blood sugar in line. Uh, all of these things, if they get out of whack, can ultimately adversely affect the eye. And, of course, nutrition plays a big part in that. Uh, eating a lot of green leafy stuff, uh, eating a lot of the right kind of fats, perhaps a Mediterranean diet is something that you'd want to shoot for. Uh, but it's it's really about... If you have a healthy body, most of the time you're going to have healthy eyes. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and nutrition, as you know, uh, like they say, abs are made in the kitchen, right? I mean, it's, it's all about uh, eating the right quantity and quality, thinking of food as a fuel, uh, thinking of it as something that feeds the machine that keeps your body running smoothly. So I think that's critically important. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a quote, um, I eat to live, don't live to eat. Um, but you know, food can be right. delicious and I'm a proponent of the Mediterranean diet and I've talked about it so many times on the show and there, I just can't imagine a better way to eat anyway, but just so many studies coming out of Harvard and other places. Uh, that's just a really good, good cuisine in and of itself. But I'm glad that you mentioned that because I do talk about it a lot on the show. Very just, good. Qual- quality and quantity. You know, I mm-hmm. think it comes down to that. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So, what is your journey professionally? Take us, uh, take us with you. Uh, in what way? Well, where are you headed? What do you want to keep doing? Where am I headed? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the research. I'm, I'm fortunate to be involved with a, a great group of colleagues around the country. About six or seven of us who study um, dry eye and meibomian gland dysfunction and. Uh, we often, as a group, present papers at meetings and posters, and uh, that's something I enjoy doing. Um, I'm, I, I speak a lot on behalf of industry, uh, a lot of different companies, but I'm more and more also presenting continuing education just to keep my credibility there, cause mm-hmm. I, and I do love it. It's really, uh, it's, you know, I, I always tell doctors, I'd, I certainly don't have it all figured out in my practice, but the dry eye, ocular surface part of it, I think I, I do. Well, I, I know what I don't know, and I know there's a lot more to learn, and I keep chasing it and finding the latest research, um, finding the latest uh, published studies. And the interesting thing about studies, when you mentioned papers coming out of Harvard, et cetera, is, is you know, a lot of times we can we don't really have time to read the whole paper, but it's important to look into paper a little more carefully, how many subjects were in there, how relevant was it, what were the correlations, what were the statistics, and that's challenging to do, but that's something that I enjoy. So writing for journals is something that I'm doing more of, and I do uh, video blog sort of thing on a regular basis. Um, I'm part of a a website called dryeyecoach.com, where it's supposed to be, or is, I should say, becoming a one-stop shop for everything. all doctors who want to learn about dry eye, you can go there and there's videos from about 10 different what you would call coaches and I'm just one of them and uh, we talk about all things dry eye. There's also a library of research and uh, so that's something that I've, I've been involved in as well. Um, I have a group on Facebook uh, that we run for about 2,000 doctors uh, interested in ocular surface disease and and so getting around nationally and uh, getting involved in the latest research, that's all very, very interesting to me. 
Where can people find your Facebook group? So that's for doctors only. That one is mm-hmm. just doctors only. There are dry eye disease support groups, though. I, and I have to tell you, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but I was in one of them for about a week, and uh, I feel like I did mention this last time, but those people, I could stay in it. I, I wanted to learn what they were going through. And there were people who were searching internationally, traveling internationally to go shopping for different products for their dry disease. And uh, they were the most miserable people I've, I've ever come across. And I feel, I feel terribly for them. Uh, mm-hmm. That's part of my, part of my message about treat for doctors to find, find this disease state early. And, mm-hmm. and you can really keep them from becoming that person. I think you mentioned that when given the choice in the last show for people to have a shorter lifespan than to go the journey in the depths of the pain of dry eye, they chose the shorter lifespan. Right, correct. Allergan Pharmaceuticals uh, had a study that showed that uh, patients would trade about three years at the end of their life not to suffer from dry disease. Mm -hmm. Pretty profound. I, I think it's unbelievable. So um, I'm so happy that you're doing research in this area, that you're sharing, educating others, and that we're bringing it to light on this show. I think it's a very important topic, and nobody wants to be in agony. Uh, so if people can take preventive measures now, I think that um, we've certainly uh, helped enlighten people on such a important area. You know, that is definitely aging gratefully, if we can help people do that for sure. So... Agreed. Right. Yes. All right. Uh, do you have uh, tips? Um, last question of the show before I ask you your last question. So winding down quickly here, um, what are we doing with makeup removal? Our ladies out there, um, when we take off makeup. <laughs> well, you know what? That's something we should actually do. We could do a whole show on that. And, could and, we? Uh, really? I'll, I'll t- we could. Okay. On makeup and mascara and all, all that. All 2017. I'll have to come up right. with alliteration for that show. Okay. But anyway. Right. I'll tell you okay. just, just briefly, I'll tell you that uh, it's my understanding that argan oil is a good one to remove uh, uh, mascara with. Mm-hmm. Argan oil. And I think you can get that just about anywhere. But a lot of a lot of these name brand uh, uh, Langham Clinique, those sort of typical brands and I'm not a, a makeup expert, but I know a lot of these uh, makeup uh, or cosmetics have have ingredients in them that are, that are harmful to the eye. Mm-hmm. And uh, they may be portrayed differently, but uh, we can run through that. Uh, we could probably, I'm, we could do a show on it. We could. Okay. Well, um, we should do that then. Um, and, you know, I was going to ask you real quick, what is your opinion of Vaseline? Uh, Vaseline, you know, I think you don't want to get too too thick of an oil around there. What we worry about with some of that is plugging up the glands that I was talking about, the meibomian glands. And I'll, mm-hmm. another quick quick tip I'll say, if you want to call it tight line or water line, I don't know what you refer to it as exactly, but on the lower lid, uh, you don't want to put any mascara on there. Um, you want to avoid being close to the eye like that. That's actually where those glands secrete the oil. And oftentimes throughout the day, I'll see women come and they've got uh, mascara covering all those glands up or sometimes concealer or foundation that works its way into that part of the eye, and that is harming those glands, and we can see that anatomically. 
uh, and show them she's a dad. So you really want to try to avoid that um, being from your lashes, tor- keep away from your eye on the lower lashes. Mm-hmm. Well, a um, makeup technique is to put eyeliner on that line. So you're saying don't do that. Correct. You won't uh-huh. don't do that. Okay. All right. I know that uh, people cover that with eyeliner. Um, so, okay. Right. Good tips. Right. All right. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. The time goes too quickly with you. So let me ask you this. We will schedule another show. You are our returning guest. Um, so how do you age gratefully, Scott? <laughs> can I repeat my same answer from last time? Of course you can. It, it won't right, be verbatim, think, you know, so it's, it's always fresh. It's, it's a, Go ahead. It's a matter of your, your entire lifetime taking good care of yourself. And it's never too late to start. Uh, I do go to a CrossFit gym, and I've seen people transform themselves very quickly. Uh, I had a friend uh, in from high school who was going to do some advertising for me. I hadn't seen her for 20 years, and we were going to meet to discuss <clears throat> doing some um, marketing for me. And she was uh, hesitant to meet with me because she'd gained so much weight. And I convinced her to meet with me. We we met and we talked, and I talked to her about what I had done with uh, diet and exercise and all that, she embraced that that day, and within months, she's. I'll tell you now, she's a CrossFit trainer, and she's a star in CrossFit, and she is her old self. I don't know how much weight she lost, but it's like a whole new her. She got off of methotrexate, which she was taking uh, for our arthritis, and uh, she's a whole new person. So it's never too late, but better to start early than it is to start late. But it's, it's never too late to start taking care of yourself, and um, now today's the best day to do that, right, Holly? Today's oh, my goodness. To today that. is the day. We have today, seize today, and I love it that you said it's never too late. So we're going to end on that because that is the spirit of aging gratefully. It is never too late. Thank you so much. Do enjoy having you on the show. It's a pleasure, really. It's truly, truly uh, an honor that you invite me. I I really enjoy it. Okay, well, you're coming back. We're going to talk about makeup, and we're going to talk about stuff in the fall, fun stuff. So (laughs) you've been listening to Aging Gratefully. This wraps up our show. May each of you age great and live full in the spirit of gratitude. Until we meet again, here's to living your best life now. I used to think time was my enemy My future wasn't looking good So worried about the things I couldn't see I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day Finally made a friend of time Now you could say that I'm Aging gratefully With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.